welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. and welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Grace Thumser. And I'm Jeff Poling. On tonight's show, we'll have your weekly LGBTQ plus news headlines, our featured music, and the LGBTQ area calendar. But first, let's welcome to the show our guest for this evening, Doug Bowder. Doug is the director of the recently renamed LGBTQ plus culture center, formerly known as GLBT Student Support Services Office at Indiana University in Bloomington. Doug, welcome to the show. I'm really glad to be here, Jeff and Grace. <laughs> yeah, great to have you. Thank you. Well, that is um, one of the the most r- recent um, things that that. Uh, that the organization has done is is this transformation you might want to call it of of the culture the culture center and the first question is why culture why did that get added to it or or is replacing it i think there are a couple of reasons for it one is several years ago we moved from the division of student affairs where we were one with Um, Veterans Affairs and Disability Services for Students, kind of a special support group, we were asked to join the Office of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs. Multicultural Affairs. And the point was people were seeing us more and more as one with the culture centers on campus. And the Vice President of the culture, uh, of the the division, said, I don't understand why you're not a part of this unit. So I explained to him the history, why we were associated with the Dean of Students. There was a good reason for that. But it goes back 20 years when there was an incredible amount of controversy. And we actually were responsible to the Office of Student Ethics and Anti-Harassment Programs. One of the things we did, and still do a little bit, but not nearly as much, is provide support for students who were harassed on the campus. So this is back in the 90s, the mid-90s. So at that point, I don't think we thought of ourselves as celebrating a culture. But as time went on, and it was really the students who helped us to see this, as more and more things happened in the larger society, as here in Bloomington, we continued with things like the Pride Film Festival and became aware of Uh, the varied culture that we have. It's not a very specific culture. Um, And there's a men's and a women's and a trans culture and uh, on and on you could go. But it it occurred to me that we were celebrating that with students. And and students were coming to IU looking for a campus that valued them as individuals and celebrated what's unique about being queer. Um, So it seemed like that's not the, the the easiest word to define because culture means different things to different people. But it did make sense to us, I think, that we were at a point in our in our history, not just as an office, but in terms of how we express ourselves, that we have our own unique culture and it's worth celebrating. That's exactly what I, I was thinking when you said culture, um, because our our friends in in Spencer have also um, are using that culture. 
in in the center in 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 that description, um, and and culture it is it is because all cultures are are being celebrated more. We're talking about all different cultures more often. Don't, I, th- don't I think, think the other thing that's been significant for me in in joining the uh, DEMA unit, Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs, is we have been more and more aware in recent years of the intersectionality, that's the buzzword, mm-hmm. of cultures and of identities, that none of us is just one identity. You know, we are a race, maybe a religion, we are a gender, we are an orientation, and all of these things are worthy of celebration, again, I'll say. But um, so I think the request to be part of uh, OVP DEMA affirmed the fact that even the university is seeing that these aren't separate issues. You know, being gay and being black or being trans and Muslim or, you know, on and on and on it goes. The identities are varied. Yeah. and. Uh in the original name, you ha- uh, the center was called the GLBSSS, and uh, what what went on with uh, the addition of the T to that? Uh, yeah, that was and probably a pretty big decision. Well, just, yeah, you ask a great question. The establishment of the office itself was a, it happened in the midst of a storm of controversy mm-hmm. because of certain legislators on both sides of the house back in the nineties. Um, so we dealt with that, but it was the GLB office at that point in time. And within a year or two, um, we became aware of other campuses adding the T. Um, we had folks who were identifying and becoming more open in their uh, identity as trans. And while we understood that uh, sexual uh, orientation and gender identity were not the same, some of the same dynamics in the larger community were happening around these populations. It made sense to us to join together in that. And uh, I think people who identified as trans at that point in time appreciate it. There was some pushback on it and people not wanting to mix the two. So it wasn't a huge controversy, but there were some people who didn't, for whom that didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, what the major reason for the change, and maybe that was a, the a next question, but now students aren't identifying with the G, the L, the B, or the T. Not, lots of students are not. Mm-hmm. And we were beginning to hear from students who identified as asexual, as genderqueer, as non-binary, um, that they weren't sure they felt welcome in our space. And that was problematic. Um, I can remember a a woman coming into the office maybe a year ago and asking about resources on asexuality. And we had nothing, and there was very little out there, but we found what there was and added it to the library. And so I think one of the things we do well is try and respond to student issues, and maybe not in as timely a way as some would like, but um, this, again, was a, a request on the part of students to broaden our people's understanding of of who we are. And Doug, um, the, uh, I mean, you have to, to be able to keep up with this and the changes Mm -hmm. and the additions and the, you know, you have to, you probably would have to have someone that would be working 24 seven. Yes, which I do not do. (laughs) And uh, the older get, 
older I get, and I'm 67, you know, the more challenging that can be. Sure. On the other hand, challenging is a positive word from my perspective. One of the things I love about my job is what I learn from students who use terms that are new to me, mm-hmm. and I'll say, help me understand what that means to you. In fact, that's a common response, even for students who, who say, I, I think I may be gay. Mm-hmm. We don't get a lot of that these days, but um, so when students would say that, I'd say, well, tell me what that means to you, because the way two different people describe themselves with that word aren't necessarily the same thing. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's an ongoing challenge, but it's 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 a fun part of the job. Sure, sure. Um, I, I like the f- the fact that the plus is used in. I haven't heard objection to it yet, but I expect it will come. When <laughs> you probably so- will. When someone said, "Oh, well, that new name should please everyone," I said, "No, it won't. No, it won't." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'm sure some people feel diminished by the fact that the plus is there and that their letter whatever it be, is not, intersex is not there. Um, so, but I, the sign on the front of the house would go across the street to Dunmeadow if we added all <laughs> right. the letters, you know. So I, it, it's a compromise. Sure, yeah. sure. Absolutely. I, I hope it, and again, it, it also, uh, it's similar to what our uh, new colleagues at IUPUI have done, what other campuses have done. And so we were looking around to see. We had considered Pride Center, Spectrum, you know, some of those buzzwords that mm-hmm. kind of work but don't exactly say what it's about. Right. And what was interesting is when they put the sign up just ye- yesterday in the front, it's just the letters. They never would have done that years ago, but LGBTQ plus means something mm-hmm. to people. Yeah. They, most people understand what that is mm-hmm. when they drive by the office and see that out front. Yeah. The um, you you you've described your job as um, serving as a, a mentor, an educator, a counselor, you know, and a, and a friend. Um, which um, it's so wonderful that IU has such a, a a vibrant center to to welcome and to support um, the students here. Uh, you yourself, you've um, in in your personal life, you've um, been with your uh, life partner. He he insists that we use the term husband, and I'm I'm still getting used to that. Now, see, I am actually referring to the script notes from our producer, and he used the the, the term life partner. Well, I tend to call Marty my partner, <laughs> and he'll correct me and say we were married this summer, Doug, or we were actually married a year ago. Right. So, um. I'm, see, I'm getting used to new terms even. <laughs> but both of us had been previously married to women at, in another era, and, and so we sort of got rid of that jargon, as it were, and then it's taken on new meaning. So, yeah, we're still learning. Sure. Um, and you've, yeah. been, you've been at the office since the beginning. Forever. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, I mean, that must just be... So amazing to be in the journey of the office, well, and and I often I often say, Grace, that I have grown up with the gay movement. Mm. I mean, I remember Stonewall in '69. I was in college then. I think I was a sophomore, but I didn't pay attention to it more than one of many social movements that I was supporting because I wasn't identifying as gay. Although I had some inklings that I wasn't quite like 
many of my straight friends. But it took some years for me to sort of figure all of this out. But then I kind of, even in terms of the marriage issue, Marty and I talk about the fact that we've grown up with a movement. And it wasn't until the Supreme Court made that decision that I went home that night and got down on my knees and proposed. (laughs) Because it was such a powerful thing to watch what was going on in the country. And I thought, I already love this guy. I don't need to do this, but I want to be a part of this movement. And so it was yet again, you know, I think we have contributed as an office to creating change in this community and others, but we've been affected by the change too. So um, it's been fascinating to watch that happen. And one of the other things that's happened in the office is the growing number of students who don't identify as queer in any way um, who support our efforts. And you know, in the early days, you know, straight kids didn't come into the office very much. And now Mm -hmm. everyone is queer friends and they want to be supportive or learn more or lend their energy and I, I noticed there's um, you, you offer quite a bit of ally training that's been so, informal over the years we actually just sort of instituted in the last year because we have a grad assistant who offered that as something she'd like to do so um, yes but over the years you know different departments or offices would ask how can we be more supportive? So that was an informal kind of ally training, and we would go in and talk about ways you can do this. And now there's a um, Danielle, who's the grad assistant, has developed a manual, and she's done some training already in uh, different offices. And mm-hmm. so when that invitation comes to do that, we have something sort of in writing, which will probably change in a year or two. But <laughs> Um, you also, Doug, um, the, I've noticed that um, another area that your uh, center is work uh, is involved in, which I was very impressed um, with this, which is the Comprehensive Guide to Transitioning while at IU. And students um, apparently assisted in with your in your office work with your office to create this comprehensive guide which you know adding a you know it talks about including adding a preferred name in the IU system and things like that and and that's just really exciting I'm, well, I'm really glad to see that everything that is a success story at the office that being one is a result of I think one of the things we do well is we listen to students and then figure out how we can help with the issue they've presented or help them advocate in a way they want to. You know, I mentioned the Pride Film Festival. That came out of two students 15 years ago who had a class assignment, and we got them hooked up with Danielle McClellan, who was restoring the Buskirk Chumley, who was happy to lend some energy. They did an evening of films together, and they decided, let's do this again next year, and that was 15 years ago. So that the GLBT Alumni Association, the name change, the manual you're talking about, all are things students come with a passion for or an interest in, and we can simply find resources to help that happen. That's what we do well. Absolutely. So, uh, Doug, uh, it's been great speaking with you. We'll be right back to you in a minute, but we're it's time for our first music break of the evening, and um, we'll get back to what's happening in the office after. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, tonight's song comes from the UK, which, by the way, has just signed a petition from Parliament. Uh, almost 300,000 people signed to ban Donald Trump from visiting their country. <laughs> and uh, from gaytimes.co.uk, we have this intro to our song. Puzzle is the Brazilian-born artist who draws on influences ranging from Pet Shop Boys to Kate Bush for his new music. Puzzle's new four-track EP, Babylon, will be released in March, but you can watch the stunning music video for lead single, Little Black Book, exclusively online or hear it on iTunes. The EP's commentary on human interactions, both emotionally and physically, in the digital age, Puzzle says, through these two characters, I tell a story of how digital over physical is changing the way we deal with each other. Hmm. Little Black Book is available to stream and download now, and Babylon will be available on March 3rd. Babylon as a city was a place where people from different countries came to find knowledge and discover things, but it was also a place where slavery was the norm, Puzzle explains. I feel the digital age has opened up possibilities and made the world smaller, but it's also taken us into captivity. This is a snapshot of one of those encounters. Here is Little Black Book from Puzzle. Surprise when you call at midnight to tell me what you need. Can't pretend that I stopped to think twice. Once again, I give in. And I know there's no chance of escape. We burn together like two flames. But deep down, I want more. I'm so caught up in this race. I'll never be the first name. Cause your list is too long I'll be in your little black book Trying to win you over You know that I'm hooked I'll be in your little black book Just another number In the little black book Book As you sleep on my chest Why do I lie awake and alone? One night you're willing to be mine And move on when I'm gone And I know there's no chance of escape We burn together like two flames But deep down I want more I'm so caught up in this race I'll never be the first name Cause your list is too long I'm in your
So. You just listened to UK artist Puzzle and his latest song, Little Black Book, here on Blooming Out on WFHB. We're back here in the studio this evening with Doug Bowder, the director of the LGBTQ Plus Culture Center at Indiana University. So, Doug, we um, have been uh, discussing a lot of what, you know, the, the center, what, what the goal is, um, what what it's been doing, but, but specifically some of the events um, that the center has sponsored and, and put on um, have been really impressive. Of course, the most recent one being last weekend. Sure. Do you want to touch on that? Well, it was wonderful, again, to be part of uh, Bloomington Pride's events, and um, I, I won't take credit for Bloomington Pride, but the film festival did start, as I, I mentioned, um, because of two students who came into the office and we knew people in the community they could work with. We've done a lot of that collaboration over the years. So last weekend there was the Pride Film Festival and then bookending the festival were two events by the GLBT Alumni Association, which was celebrating its 20th anniversary. Again, a student initiative out of our office. Mm -hmm. And there was an award ceremony on Friday night and then on Saturday night there was the um, uh, silent auction, which raised uh, quite a bit of money. I don't have a total figure yet, but in the thousands, uh, five or six thousand dollars, I'm guessing, for our student scholarships. We have an academic scholarship and an emergency scholarship for students who get cut off from funding when they come out. Um, so two very significant things, and um, and it was a great, fun event. Yeah, you know, absolutely. a lot of students were there and and alumni, and so, so those are things that just happen. And in the midst of all of that, we were hosting something called the Legacy Wall, which is on campus for one more day. So your listeners should know that if they're in the neighborhood of the Indiana Memorial Union, in the East Lounge, right above the hotel entrance, there's this amazing interactive display celebrating the lives of men, women, trans individuals of all cultures and of all ages. Uh, people have done incredible research, and I've watched people come and read this and weep. I mean, yes. there mm -hmm. just yes. are some really moving stories there. And people you thought, I didn't know they were queer, you know, mm -hmm. or, right. wow, that was my favorite baseball player. And, you know, yeah. so it's it's full of surprises. And it'll be there till 5 o'clock tomorrow. If people are in the neighborhood, they should take it in. It, it is an amazing display. Yeah. I, I agree. I spent quite a lot of time just walking around it, it myself. It replicates what's called the Legacy Walk in Chicago. There are four blocks of permanent displays like this, and um, you can read all about it when you go there. And part of it was an anti-bullying effort. So mm -hmm. it just serves a number of purposes, and people have been surprised to see it and have been delighted and even inspired by it. That's awesome. That's awesome. We we cannot recommend that you get down there to see that at the Indiana Memorial Union one more day, right, yep. Doug? That's right. Um, how about uh, upcoming events? I know you guys have got some really cool things. Well, I should mention that the Cardinal mm -hmm. Stage Company is doing an event. Oh, right. Absolutely. Um, the Legend of Georgia McBride. Georgia, right. Georgia McBride, Georgia McBride. Right. and they ask us to co-sponsor that with them. How cool! It is. Um, it is the story of an Elvis impersonator who wasn't doing very well and turned to drag. And Randy White says it's just a bedazzling show. I love that word. So it's apparently a lot of fun. 
We have given some money to that. They, in turn, have given free tickets to lots of students. So I, I would encourage people to take that in this weekend. Yes, and that's at the Cardinal, or I'm that's sorry, Ivy Tech, Tech Waldron. Yes. That, at right. the Waldron, right. Auditorium. Um, this weekend and next, I believe. Yeah, third through the night. Yeah, through the 19th, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Pri- it sounds like it's going to be lots yeah. of fun. And prices do vary, it says, so definitely check it out. You can you can also go, when you're looking at the website, for um, the uh, the LGBTQ Culture Center, there's a, uh, a place to click for that. Right, that yeah. right. And we it. can get free tickets for students nice. um, tomorrow yet. And then the other thing that's coming up is, um, I think now again, and probably it's 20-something year, maybe 25 years, the Midwest BLGTA College Conference that is hosted by campuses around the Midwest. We did it in 2009, incredible amount of work to do. But 2,000 students come to this from all over the country, mostly the Midwest, to network, um, to lead, and to participate in workshops to attend a fabulous drag show or dance party on Saturday night, and um, and to learn how to advocate for LGBTQ uh, plus issues. It'll be in Chicago. We're signing up students for. It costs them $50 and w- for the weekend and food, and we pay for bus transportation and room and registration. So it's a great awesome. deal. We even have scholarships available if any student an IU student uh, wants to go, um, we'll, we'll help get them there. It's a great event. Awesome. And uh, so with the new Culture Center, um, with it being called the Culture Center now, has there been initial positive, negative feedback to the name? I know it's pretty new. But, yeah, uh, it's, well, it's all been positive so far. That's great. Um, you know, I... I listen for uh, negative uh, or more constructive uh, uh, responses, but have not heard any so far. In fact, when we had the sign placed outside the office just the other day, uh, folks were tooting their horns and waving and and seemed to be really pleased. Um, So we have, uh, we garner a lot of support from the campus and always have, and uh, I'm really proud of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And moving forward as a culture center, do, do you have some specific goals uh, looking forward? You know, I, we, I, the purpose of the office has always been twofold, support for LGBTQ plus individuals, whatever that means. Uh, sometimes it's personal support, sometimes it's financial support, and education, um, educating the larger campus about c- queer issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we haven't developed a five or a 10 year plan recently. We did that some years ago. It, it may be time to do that again. On the other hand, we seem to have functioned very well because every semester, or at least every year, you have a group of students who come in with dreams or with plans or with qu- ideas. And we, as I said earlier, we try and listen to those and build off of those. And I think that's been the success. Um, so I don't have a list of goals to share with you. So did we talk about the, the BLGTA College Conference? Yes. Okay. I just mentioned that. It's right. in Chicago. And that's February. That's the 17th to the 19th. That's correct. That's correct. Now, also on the horizon, this sounds really fascinating to me, and March 26th to the 29th, visit from, and I'm going to butcher the name, I'm sure, Popo Fan, Popo, Popo Fan, who's a filmmaker and director of Beijing of the Beijing Queer Film Festival. 
Yes, and I don't know a lot about <laughs> it because that was something. Uh, this this again, I had actually forgotten about that because I'm also aware that in March we're coupling with the African American Dance Ensemble to bring in an amazing artist who's black, gay, and a, apparently a national expert on Vogue. This is the <laughs> first weekend in March. Oh, wow. This and the event you just mentioned right. are the result of faculty um, or or departments coming to us and say saying, we're bringing in this person. Would you help us sponsor that? So sure. I'm afraid I don't know much no, about that's it. That's okay. Yeah, but, but that's that'll be advertised soon. And, and that's the fun of what we get to do. People bring ideas to us, and we just lend a little bit of money and support, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, well, let's see. The, uh, what were we, we were talking about? That's <laughs> okay. That's so funny. Because we, 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 had, we had, like, everything listed on your, your calendar, which is um, just amazing. But um, well, I'm especially appreciative of the fact that we're supporting the arts in so many ways. Right. Um, not just drag, but, um, you know, um, well, the, the, uh, the Legacy Wall was one aspect. The, uh, the dance ensemble, African-American dance ensemble uh, events. Mm -hmm. uh, Quarryland Concert will happen, of course, in April that we, we support and advertise. So it, that's the culture. You know, Absolutely. we were talking about that earlier. That's where I think we're now celebrating and underlining that word culture in some wonderful ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With I think, yeah, we're definitely getting to a point where we can move past the protect and defend and move into celebrating. Perfect. Yeah. Well stated. Yeah. Well, well stated. Yeah. Trust a younger person to <laughs> make right. that point. Right. Well, we get, we get so focused on what's, what's happening you know, in front of us and, and everything, the projects that we're working on, you know, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it's nice to, to have some vision for. Well, and as I was indicating in regards to the legacy wall in the age of Trump, I think it's going to be really important because we're all going to be busy advocating. And I, I heard uh, news about the possibility of, of marriage equality being weakened in Texas mm -hmm. uh, with some legislation. It's really important that we have opportunities to celebrate who we are and do that together and do it with our straight friends as well, which happens in this community all the time. I think back to the vigil uh, for the Orlando shooting that happened mm -hmm. this summer and the thousand people who came out for that, uh, many of our straight allies, and I think that's what we do well in Bloomington. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, has the Culture Center been doing work with other youth groups around town, uh, PRISM or any of the other um, LGBT? Yeah, other we love groups? PRISM. And yeah. again, that's now a, become a project of uh, Bloomington Pride, as has the LGBT aging group. But we had a chance to be involved in conversations at the very, very earliest stages of PRISM. We met with Laura to give some ideas. That group often comes to the office um, to spend some time in our library or, you know, to uh, talk about possible programs. Similarly with the aging group that pretty much does their own thing, but uh, we help to publicize their events. So we do a lot of collaborating and um, sometimes initiating, but these days now, um, Bloomington Pride has taken over in such wonderful ways. The larger community events, Summerfest and mm -hmm. such, that we just um, 
cheer them on, send them a little money when it's student involvement or have some of our students intern with them. Right. So. Were you guys involved with um, Summerfest? Mm -hmm. um, I, I well, uh, in the sense that I think, again, one of the students in our office provided some intern experience. Um, now, I guess my involvement with that was more out of Quarryland. I wear too many hats. Right. So not not too many, Doug. Well, we had. I think we did right have a a, a a presence. We uh, well, the alumni association right. had a, had a table there. I'm not sure the office did. There there was also something very special in um, in your life and um, for in, in the state of Indiana. Um, oh. You were a <laughs> torchbearer. Recently, is is that the correct terminology? Say People are again. wondering a torch bearer. Bearer, yes, I was, <laughs> and the thrill was to receive the torch from Sylvia McNair, who's this amazing music. Well, actually, I gave it to Sylvia and received it from um, the gentleman who's a director of Hoosier, and um, his name escapes me at the moment. But I was sandwiched in between these two incredible artists here in the community. Right for the for the bison. Bicentennial, Indiana. Exactly. Yes. And I, I thought it was a joke when I got a letter from Mike Pence, and I've yet to send him a <laughs> picture of me. I might still do that. It was great fun. And we had people, because we walked right by the office with a torch. It was a three-block walk. Right. And uh, some of the students and some of my friends were on the porch cheering me on. That was great fun. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the about as queer as I get. <laughs> Well, the um, the uh, what is it the, the the center again the the LGBTQ plus culture center it is located um, on the Indiana University campus. What what's at Se what address? Seven oh five East Seventh. It's right across from Dunn Meadow. Our nearest neighbor is La Casa. We do lots of collaborative things together with La Casa and First Nations, which is immediately behind us, the First Nations Cultural Center. So again, we're part of a cultural neighborhood, I think. Yeah. Sure, and, and the center has um, basically, you know, the business, um, the office a portion is open um, not roughly nine to five. Eight to five. Or eight to five. And um, in the evening, student groups often meet there as well. Oh, great. Actually, some community groups have come in on weekends. When marriage equality was hot, we had dozens of students with involved in uh, Freedom Indiana nice. there throughout the day and night. Mm -hmm. So, All right. Yeah, well, we'll definitely be looking forward to the those upcoming events and the continuing changes and the future of the Culture Center. Thanks, Grace. Really it's really, really nice, nice to be nice here. Nice to talk Thank to you. Thank you, Doug. You're welcome, Jeff. Um, it's well, time for our next music yeah, break. It yeah, it sure is. So um, the uh, UK's latest pop uh, princess, Dua Lipa, has teamed up with DJ hitmaker Martin Garrix for a futuristic pop banger, and it's a certified smash. Now, this is all from an article from the UK, which is why this terminology might not sound very... Um, Yes, what you're used to, um, but I, I enjoy it myself. Um, Scared to be Lonely is out now on iTunes and Spotify, 
And it's the follow-up of uh, 2016's In the Name of Love, which was uh, Martin's collaboration with B.B. Um, Rexaw, with lyrics such as, Do We Need Somebody Just to Feel Like We're All Right? Mm-hmm. Is the only reason you're holding me tonight because we're scared to be lonely. Over a progressive um, beat, we can see this being a huge hit and that, in fact, it's behind two of the freshest stars in music in the UK also helps. Dua's self-titled debut album was originally due for release in February, but has been pushed back now to June. We know uh, we're just as thirsty as you for more Dua, but if it's to make room for pop perfection such as this, we can't really complain. So here is Scared to be Lonely by Dua Lipa. It was great at the very start Hands on each other Couldn't stand to be far apart Closer the better Now we're picking fights and slamming doors Magnifying all our flaws And I wonder why, wonder what for
Support for WFHB and Blooming Out comes from the back door, downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there is something for everyone every day of the week. The back door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar, and more information can be found on their Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. Blooming Out is also supported by the Quarryland Men's Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men and their allies. More information can be found at coryland.org. And now we join our news director, Noelle Phillips, for your LGBTQ plus news roundup. In the national news, the White House announced on Tuesday that it will keep the previous administration's executive order that protects LGBTQ workers from discrimination. The White House said in a statement, quote, President Trump continues to be respectful and supportive of LGBTQ rights, just as he was throughout the election. The president is proud to have been the first ever GOP nominee to mention the LGBTQ community in his nomination acceptance speech pledging then to protect the community from violence and oppression, end quote. The announcement follows rumors that the Trump administration drafted a potential executive order that would rescind LGBTQ protections and enact protections for religious freedom. The draft order would have allowed adoption agencies and groups receiving federal funds to deny services to LGBTQ people based on their beliefs. The White House statement did not address the draft order or those possible changes. Other members of the Trump administration have signaled support for the First Amendment Defense Act, which would allow landlords, business owners, health care providers, and employers to refuse to provide goods and services if it would conflict with their religious beliefs. Originally introduced in 2015, the bill failed after critics pointed out its potential to allow discrimination against LGBTQ people, unmarried heterosexual couples, and single mothers. On his website, under the title, Issues of Importance to Catholics, Trump pledged to sign the bill if it is reintroduced. Health and Human Services nominee Tom Price and Attorney General nominee Jeff Sessions sponsored the original bill. If the First Amendment Defense Act becomes law, it would overturn the executive order signed in 2014 prohibiting anti-LGBTQ discrimination. Also on Tuesday, President Trump nominated Judge Neil Gorsuch to be a justice on the Supreme Court. Practicing in the trial work trenches of the law, I saw too that when we judges don our robes, it doesn't make us any smarter. But it does serve as a reminder of what's expected of us. Impartiality and independence, collegiality and courage. Liberal groups reject Gorsuch, who has taken a conservative stance on a number of issues, including some LGBTQ cases. According to the National Review, Gorsuch said, quote, American liberals have become addicted to the courtroom as the primary means of effecting their social agenda on everything from gay marriage to assisted suicide, end quote. Concerns have also been raised by the human rights campaign over Gorsuch joining in a decision by the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals in the Hobby Lobby v. Sebelius case. The HRC states that the case, quote, asserted that some private corporations are people under federal law and have a right to deny basic health care coverage if it violates their religious belief. This expansive ruling could allow employers to deny transgender employees access to hormone treatment, access to birth control, and other crucial health care for LGBTQ people, end quote. 
Gorsuch is the youngest nominee to the Supreme Court in recent history, and he could influence the direction of the court for decades since its members are elected for lifelong terms. In other national news, the Boy Scouts of America announced on Monday that the group would begin accepting members based on the gender listed on their application, which would allow transgender boys to join the organization. Chief Scout Executive Michael Serbaugh released a recorded announcement on Monday. For more than 100 years, the BSA, along with schools, youth sports, and other youth organizations, ultimately deferred to the information on an individual's birth certificate to determine eligibility for and participation in many programs, especially single gender programs. After weeks of significant conversations at all levels of our organization, we realized that referring to birth certificates as the reference point is no longer sufficient. Communities and state laws are now interpreting gender identity differently than society did in the past, and these new laws vary widely from state to state. Secretary of State nominee Rex Tillerson was the national president of the Boy Scouts of America from 2010 to 2011 and served on its executive board in 2013 when it voted to lift the ban on openly gay scouts. In local news, the state of Indiana is appealing a federal judge's ruling allowing female same-sex spouses to both be listed on their children's birth certificates. In June 2016, Judge Tanya Walton Pratt ruled state laws unconstitutional for requiring a same-sex spouse to adopt a child in order to have parental rights. In her judgment, Pratt said the recognition of parental rights was one of the benefits that needed to be equally extended to same-sex couples after the U.S. Supreme Court's 2015 ruling in Obergefell v. Hodges that legalized same-sex marriages nationwide. The appeal will go through the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. In global news, President Trump signed an executive order last Friday that imposes an indefinite ban on the entry of refugees from Syria and temporarily suspends the entry of citizens of the Muslim-majority countries of Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen. Trump also ordered a cut in the number of refugees allowed into the United States to 50,000 this year, down from 110,000. Trump and his administration insist the order is necessary to protect U.S. citizens, a sentiment that he echoed during the 2016 Republican National Convention while specifically mentioning LGBTQ citizens. I will do everything in my power to protect our LGBTQ citizens from the violence and oppression of a hateful foreign ideology. Believe me. And I have to say, as a Republican, it is so nice to hear you cheering for what I just said. Thank you. On Sunday morning, several cruise passengers returning to Fort Lauderdale from a week-long gay cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Allure of the Seas were detained due to President Trump's executive order, despite having green cards, which make them legal U.S. residents. One passenger on the cruise, Mason Sudugari, originally from Iran but living in San Francisco, posted a running Facebook update of his detention, including two Facebook Live videos. I was nervous. I didn't really know what would happen to me. The future was unclear. Last week when I left, 
I was legal immigrant. I went through all these long processes for years and years. And then suddenly, like in one night, everything changed. Sudagari was concerned about being sent back to Iran. However, he was free to go home. Jessica Stern, executive director of Outright Action International, formerly known as International Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission, said the executive order, quote, could amount to a death sentence to LGBTQ people who have few means of escape, end quote. Iranian LGBT refugee and activist Ramin Hagju resettled in Washington, D.C., where he was reunited with his partner. They're making plans to get married. He told NPR's Peter Kenyon that he sees hope in the nationwide protests against the refugee ban. It's right that the president of the United States can give orders. He's the president, he says. But then I see the Women's March, and I see all these protests popping up at airports, and it tells me the people of the United States aren't behind these policies. In other global news, Britain has granted a mass pardon on Tuesday to thousands of gay and bisexual men who were convicted of sexual offenses under laws that have since been abolished, according to Reuters. The policy is known as Turing's Law after the World War II codebreaker Alan Turing, who was chemically castrated after being convicted of gross indecency in 1952 for having sex with a man. Under the new law, anyone who was found guilty of consensual homosexual sex has their name cleared, and for those still living, the convictions can be removed from any criminal record checks. For Blooming Out on WFHB, I'm Noelle Phillips. We have one final music break for you this evening. Touch is the second single to be lifted from Little Mix's chart-topping album Glory Days. Glory Days has become one of the most successful achievements of Little Mix's career so far. It has spent five weeks on top of the UK album chart and is the longest reigning number one from a girl group since Spice Girls Spice World in 1997. What's more, Little Mix led this year's Brit Award nominations with three nods matching Skepta, Anne-Marie, and Rihanna. If that wasn't enough, the four-piece will be taking to the stage at the O2 Arena for the ceremony, promising yet another show-stopping spectacle. Here is Touch by Little Mix. You and I and nobody else In the feelings I never felt The way you got me under your spell Don't you keep it out to yourself So won't you take it Just a touch of your love, uh, just a touch of your love, uh, just a touch of your love is enough to take care. 
out tonight's show it's time for your weekly lgbtq plus area event calendar on monday january 23rd the legacy wall opened in the east lounge of the indiana memorial union the legacy wall is a one-of-a-kind traveling interactive exhibit created to raise awareness of the roles lgbtq plus people have played in human history it features photos and mini biographies of 125 international and multicultural figures across 20 subject fields spanning several centuries. The Legacy Wall will remain in the East Lounge until tomorrow, Friday, February 3rd at 5 p.m. Monsieur is a weekly LGBTQ plus night at the Root Cellar Lounge, and that's below Farm Restaurant. DJ Aaron Tilford will be spinning the music beginning at 8 p.m. on Sunday night. It's a speakeasy style party featuring eclectic beats and no cover. More information can be found on Facebook. On Tuesday, February 7th, join the PRISM Youth Community at the Unitarian Universalist Church from 6.30 to 8 p.m. for LGBTQ plus representation in the media. Join us as Youth from PRISM lead an interactive discussion about LGBTQ plus representation in movies, TV shows, books, etc. This event is open to the public, and you can find more information about that on Facebook. The winner of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is coming to Bloomington. Alaska will hold a VIP meet and greet along with a photo and drag show at the back door on Friday, February 17th. Tickets are $35 VIP admission and $15 for general admission and underage meet and greet. The meet and greet begins at 9 and the show begins at 10.30. More information can be found on the Backdoor's Facebook page. That's all the time we have for this evening. We'd like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you're interested in volunteering here at WFHB or for our show, contact volunteer at wfhb.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at bloomingoutwfhb, visit our Blooming Out Facebook page, or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. The associate producer and board engineer is Sarah Hetrick. The news director is Noelle Phillips. Finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. For Blooming Out and Jeff Poling, I'm Grace Thumser. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m. and visit us online at bloomingout.com.
Thank you for joining us on Blooming Out. Be sure to find us online for past episodes, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and more at bloomingout.com. And don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. for Blooming Out on WFHB.